This is Limitless Possibility. I'm Yannick Mayen. And I'm Luc Olivier Dumoblet. And our topic this week is... Splatoon 2. Splatoon! Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so, wow, you're so excited about Splatoon. Uh, well, I just had to make that joke because everybody makes it. Okay, uh, good. So before we move on to the main topic, I do have a little bit of follow-up. Uh, so last episode, I mentioned that I was uh, a guest on a podcast, the Super Nintendo Exploration Squad. And I accidentally uh, stumbled into another episode of it last week. Uh, so it's going to come out uh, the day before you hear this. Uh, we did an episode on Drift King Shutoko Battle 2, which is one of the very, very far ancestors of Tokyo Extreme Racer series on the Dreamcast and PS2. Uh, and it was a really interesting episode. And I also talk a lot about Pachinko because I apparently am an expert on all of the salaryman hobbies in Japan. Uh, so yeah, if you want to listen to that, there's going to be a link in the show notes. Please listen to that podcast. It's really good. It's basically, they go through randomly every Super Nintendo game that's ever been made. And they're at five episodes right now. They have episodes planned until I think 2040 something or 2060 something. Uh, who knows if we'll all still be alive by then, but, um, it would be cool. I, I looked at the episode list and like there are some episodes like five years from now that I'm really excited for. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, go look at that in the show notes. Uh, next up, I have some incredibly important news for this podcast. Uh, as you may remember, uh, we have talked a couple times about mobile payments on the show. And I would like to announce to everybody that I have finally used Apple Pay in Canada. Finally, finally. <laughs> Almost a made year it after work. it was out. Yes, you made it work. So I went to Metro, I had to go buy, I believe it was coffee, because I've been dying recently because I get five hours of sleep a night, which is not good for your health, don't do it kids, uh, and there was nobody at the checkout, so I didn't feel pressured to do it fast or whatever, and the cashier was a young cashier who was very cool, so I was like, I'm going to try paying with my watch today, oh. <laughs> and I did it, and it worked. And On I was the first like, time? Well, yeah. Wow. And the one thing that I find a little bit disappointing is how long it takes for the actual payment to get approved. Like, the beep is instant, but it still takes, like, five to seven seconds to actually approve the payment, which is more than I expected, because I'm used to, like, Suica, where it just fucking beep, and it's done. Uh, but otherwise, it's very cool to be able to pay with my watch. Uh, the unfortunate thing is uh, it's been quite a few years since we've gotten our Apple Watches, and now my battery on the Apple Watch is starting to get low very early in the day, like earlier than it should be. Uh, I'm having trouble, well, I'm not having trouble getting a full day out of it, but I am borderline like 6% when I get home uh, and go to sleep. And you remove it from the charger in the morning? Yeah. Wow, okay, that that is not my experience. I know you have a 38 millimeter model, and I yeah. do have a 42, but still, my battery these, to, to this day is still uh, quite good. Uh, I still use it as a sleep tracker, and I can tell you, let's look at it. So I unplugged it from the charger this morning at around... No, I put it on the charger when I woke up, so I removed it before leaving for work around 9, and it's at 65%. So I expect to do the full night and wake up tomorrow morning, it should be around like 20-25%. So I should also point out that since I've said I only get five hours of sleep a night, that leaves the rest of the day is a lot of hours. Uh, so there, That's there's true. one thing. And the second thing is my usage of the watch has also increased a lot since I've gotten back to work because I use it to control 
um, my music and podcasts a lot more than I used to when I was back home and I was always on my phone anyway. So those two factors certainly don't help. And maybe once summer schedule starts and I get an extra hour of sleep, maybe my battery life will be back to normal again. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm having a very hectic time these days, so th that might be contributing to it a little bit. But uh, don't worry, you'll be able to get the new watch uh, soon enough. So I've heard. Uh, yeah, but we're not going to talk about that this time. Uh, so next up, I want to talk about card games a little bit. Uh, so did you hear the news about Artifact yesterday, Lucas? Uh, uh, was I supposed to hear the news? Come on, you're such a hardcore PC gamer. I'm surprised you haven't heard of it. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, wow. what's going what's going on right now is that um, Valve is holding the International, which is a big Dota 2 tournament in Seattle. Uh, Dota 2 is a large esport. It's a MOBA. And oh, Yannick, sorry, I forgot to tell you, I'm not recording from my apartment today. I'm recording from Seattle today. That's oh. why you mentioned that. Okay, now it com all comes back. Sorry, I think it's uh, all of the time zone changes, stuff like that. So clearly, you know about Artifact, which is the game that Valve announced yesterday on stage. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At the International. Oh, yes, I was live there. And everyone in the audience was booing the game as it was being announced. Oh, yes, I was. Uh, you should have seen me. You I was were like, booing, in fact. Exactly. And I was <laughs> pumping my fist into the air and be like, boo! Fuck you, Valve. I can't believe Half-Life 3 oh, died for this. Come so, on, yeah. I'm polite. I wouldn't say fuck you. <laughs> but anyway, so as you may have guessed, uh, Artifact is going to be a card game similar to Hearthstone based on the Dota 2 universe. And I think people have noticed uh, this year in particular that... Every company feels like they have to have a digital trading card game this year. Um, and Valve is the latest one to join the party. But there was Elder Scrolls uh, Legends, which was, I believe, announced at E3. Uh, there's Gwent for The Witcher. All these games are basically game companies taking their existing franchises and saying, hey, Hearthstone is really popular. Let's make Hearthstone, but for our franchise. And Dota is just the latest in this. And yeah, so basically the reason this is in the news is because PC gamers really fucking hate free-to-play games. <laughs> and especially when they're card games. Uh, so yeah, the announcement of Artifact was met in the live audience with lots of booing, which is not good if you're Valve. And on top of that, uh, the YouTube likes and dislikes. Right now, I think there are a lot more dislikes than there are likes. So poor Valve. Uh, if you're a Dota 2 fan... Um, this looks like it could be really interesting uh, if you don't also hate card games. Uh, and now I'm wondering, when is Riot going to make a League of Legends card game? Because now it sort of almost has to happen to complete the Holy Trinity. Um, but yeah, uh, so people, ner nerds don't like card games, except when they do. Um, let's move on to your follow-up. Yes. Um... First thing is regarding episode 12, titled Unbundle of Joy. It's oh, old shit. episode. But it was an episode where Yannick and I discussed about the uh, unbundling of application that started around like 2013, 2014. And one of the examples we mentioned during that episode is Foursquare with, uh, at that time, its newly launched app called Swarm. And this week... Swarm has changed again, and it was one of the main uh, points we were talking, uh, trying to justify why Foursquare kind of decided to 
move some feature away from the main Foursquare app to uh, a separate app, and we were saying that from each Foursquare version, it would either tend to like recommendation and go back to checking in and having gamification stuff with your friends related to gaming. And now this week, Swarm 5.0 is putting a focus now on your checking in history and it's downplaying its gamification of checking in with your friends. And to me right now, I've, I've kind of stopped or I was like, I'm super less active than I used to be on Swarm, but that is way more interesting to me than what the uh, old Swarm app was. Because to be honest, most of my friends that were on Foursquare uh, are no longer on Foursquare. They are there, obviously. They they are still part of my friends list, but... They dropped off when Swarm came out, basically. Yes and no. Some of them stayed, but still a lot of them left at that point. That's for sure. And to put that... uh, focus on the history reminded me a lot of places I've been to previous vacation. A good example of that is my top two country of all of my check-ins is Sweden to remind me of my semester away. So it was funny and I think that's where they want to put uh, the emphasis at. I, uh, From all of press release I read from uh, Sworn and from reusing the app, you see that they want you to kind of not have a catalog or like personal journal, but use your checking as a like cataloging your own life in a way, and less about it like oh I'm mayor at this place and you're not come like checking more often there and stuff like that. So I'll put a link um in the show notes about it if you want to see a couple of screenshots of the app. But if you haven't used Swarm in a while, I would suggest you at least go take a look at that and maybe wonder if you want to try it again if not i'm sure you might use any other services to do that or just stop doing that altogether. are there even any other services left that do this <laughs> i don't really remember any of them at this point i don't think so because uh hmm. i guess facebook lets you check in places yeah, but i but don't was... really engage with anyone on facebook anymore <laughs> no no facebook lets you do that but i think all social network lets you do that facebook lets you do that uh Instagram lets you do that. Uh, I think also Twitter, but Twitter is more location-based, so you say they are in this city and not in, in this place. You can do specific locations as well. Oh, then, and I think it would, it would also explain the trend of people dropping out of Swarm and all of the other ones that I forgot their name because they all closed or has been bought by bigger companies to those big social networks because people have, let's just say that they have a bigger reason uh, to use that. And to maybe give you a different example, uh, recently Snapchat introduced another feature where it's kind of find my friends, but for Snapchat. Yeah, Snap you... Maps. Yeah, thank you. That's the name I was looking for, Snap Map. And you just open that map and you see all of your friends where they are. And I think also you can also see bubbles on top of their head or you tap on the... On their kind you can of... see their Bitmoji. Yeah, and if you tap on my brother bitmoji, loves this feature. He keeps talking about it, and I'm like, "What the hell is this?" No, I I, I heard a lot of people talking about it. And some of my brother's friend too is using it. I've seen it in lives. Like, oh yeah, this friend is nearby, or this friend is in this in a bar downtown. It's like, what? Are you looking at that for real? Yeah, yeah, I look at that a lot, and it's super nice to see where my friends are and stuff like that. Like, well, yeah. So if I if I can just transition a little bit into why I stopped using Swarm and all that stuff like 
I was using Swarm semi-regularly. Like, there's no real point in using it here because the only other person I know who's active on it in the area is you. So, <laughs> And I know when you're in town. So it's sort of not really... There's no real point in doing it. Uh, so I just uninstalled the app uh, then. And then when I'm in Japan, it's actually a lot more useful because Japan is sort of like the best case for Swarm because you know where everyone is and therefore... You can, if you're going drinking somewhere with your friends, you can just call up your other friends easily because you know they're close. Um, and that is sort of like the best case scenario for Swarm. And I think it's what the app was designed to do in its old uh, incarnation. But I think the new version is much less focused on that and sort of doesn't really do that anymore. Now it's more of a journaling-ish type of app, which is fine. I, I like that aspect of it too, but not enough that I will want to continue checking in through Swarm to do that. Um, you, you see, for me personally, I think now it's the inverse. Maybe a couple of years ago, I would say the inverse. I would say exactly what you said. And I think to this day, if you, that's the main focus of a location service app that you have, it. I think right now the best way to do that is Snapchat because everybody's on Snapchat. Well, not in Japan. That's a problem. Fair. But here, especially here, everybody's on Snapchat. And Snapchat does that kind of by itself without you knowing, which is a bit creepy. But let's ignore that. I'm pretty sure I never gave Snapchat permission to actually take my location. Maybe then at some point there was something or you don't use it enough. So they didn't ask you to enable it. I'm sure there's something. If only there was a big blue bar to tell me. Oh, come (laughs) on. (laughs) Sorry, iOS beta memes. Okay. (laughs) Wow. You're on fire today. Wow. I've been memeing all day long. Okay. And yeah, that's unless you have anything else to add regarding Swarm. That was my follow up. Awesome. Let's move on. Uh, Do we want to talk a bit of what happened last week. <laughs> two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, two weeks ago. But I see what I mean. I'm all mixed up. Yep, so two weeks ago after we finished recording, uh, Lucas came to see me play games at the local game store's Magic League, and I lost all of them. Rip. Yeah, I was super sad. I was kind of your cheerleader and didn't work. And by the it way, last work. week I did not end up going because of other stuff. Uh, so, namely that I forgot the sheet with my results on it. So that didn't help. Um, but yeah, I'll be going back for the final week tomorrow, uh, as we're recording this and I'll be able to give you my end results of the entire season of Magic League next episode, Hopefully, is probably going to be all losses of this. Oh no, no, come on, come on. Well, the thing is I can buy four packs, uh, this week, so I'm going to buy all of them. I'm going to try to use my most overpowered cards and force those colors and see if I can at least win one game. And that's that's my goal. I don't think I'm going to win one game, but I'm going to try to win one game. Okay, because when I went two weeks ago, you said that you would buy packs and you did not. So I'm a bit disappointed. So hopefully this time you'll take you'll buy those packs and win a game. Hopefully. I'll brute force it. Good. That's good. That's what I like to hear. So is that it for your follow-up too? Yep. Good. So let's move to Splatoon 2. And Splatoon 2 is a game that I've been personally uh, enjoying since got a release on uh, July 27th. And I was also uh, playing to it while uh, Tony still had his Wii U and when it got a release nearly uh, two, uh, more than two years ago. Yeah, Splatoon two years. 1 you're yes, talking about. Splatoon 1 on the Wii U. But before we go about maybe my general impression of Splatoon as a game and especially Splatoon 2 and some of specific feedback, I kind of want to do a small introduction about the game for people that do not know it. 
So Splatoon was originally launched on the Wii U on May 2015, and Splatoon is a third-person shooter produced and developed by Nintendo. And your own character is way different than typical third-person shooter where you just shoot people online or offline. So your character is called an Inkling, and it's kind of a humanoid version of a squid. And the gist of it is an Inkling has an ink gun, and you just shoot ink. And by shooting ink, you do have two things you have to do. Either you shoot shoot ink to cover the environment around you or to attack others what they call splatting others in the game and obviously you uh you do that when you're on your humanoid forms as an inkling and if you want to move around faster throughout the maps you can transform into a squid and swim through the ink splat over the map and what was pretty interesting with Splatoon is that it was really well received in May 2015 and critics and gamers really liked it but in my personal opinion and I'll come back a bit later more on that is Splatoon was really loved but nobody bought a Wii U or where were the people that bought Wii U and for a lot of people and I think it includes you Yannick people might have bought a Wii U or was thinking about, about buying a Wii U only for that game but buying a console for one only one game is a bit a bit uh hard pillow a pill to swallow so a lot of people that would want to enjoy splatoon when it got originally released did not do it because of the raging failure that was the wii u and let's fast forward uh two years like to this time where at the beginning of 2017 Nintendo was pretty clear about Splatoon coming to the Switch and Yannick you experienced it at the Tokyo demo of the Switch if I recall correctly yes I did because that was the only game you played it was the only first party game I played Ah, I played some third party games as well okay and so yeah it it was also awaited since the launch of um, the Switch and I think it's the third big nintendo games since the switch has been released i kind of lost track i mean it depends if you count arms or not otherwise it's fourth oh yeah no it's all yeah i I will count arms and it's the fourth one yes and it's kind of uh and we're at what the fourth or fifth month of the switch release so it's kind of nintendo was planning a couple of big release throughout the summer and to bring us till uh the christmas season and splatoon 2 is part of it so now we'll talk about a bit uh, the both modes that you can play Splatoon with. And the first one is the single player mode, the one that I don't have any that much experience from the first game. And I've played uh, a bit more with the second game, but the gist of it is there's a story around each game in its single player mode. And the gist of it is you have to save the grave Zapfish. And a Zapfish, it's the Inkopolis, which is the name of the sea where all of the Inklings are, and it's its main source of power. In both games, somebody evil, uh, the Octarians, are stealing it, and you need to rescue it. And on top of that, in the second game, you also need to save a pop star, an Inkling pop star called Kelly, and she was part of the first game. So if you played the first game, you would have met her. And the single player mode is separated in mission and stages. So each stages contains a couple of 
uh, zapfishes, smaller ones, where you need to capture it, and all of this power from those zapfishes will power up a kettle where the main kettle in that stage contains the stage boss. And by uh, by going through all of those stages, you would end up finding the final boss where you can save the great zapfish. And that's and what I think is interesting with the single player mode is there's a lot of aspect about how fast you can complete a level and how how different each level are if you change the type of guns or shooting in arms that you have because there's uh there's records written in the app uh, in the game where they will record your best time per gun and your best time as a whole and there's a lot of emphasis in the single player mode about you going back on previous game on previous uh, stages and its sub missions to go as fast as you can and do all of what you have in the games as fast as you can. Yep, and like Spl- Splatoon 1 was also a really good speedrun game, so I'm not really surprised that Splatoon 2 sort of followed in those footsteps to sort of emphasize that aspect a little bit more. Um, but another thing that I really like is, like you mentioned, like the level design is influenced by which desi- uh, which weapon you choose. And I think that's really good to encourage people to try a variety of weapons in a safe environment where they're not like screwing up their ranked multiplayer ranking or whatever, just because they're trying out new weapons. They can learn them in a safe environment and then venture out online and use them against other players that way. Yeah, exactly. And to me, I I wouldn't say it's my biggest disappointment of the game, but the single player mode and the differences between the two games, the the single player mode is the same in two ones. The only difference is kind of the story around it. So if you'd liked it in the first game, you will like it in the second game. But you might find it a bit repetitive if uh, because it's more or less of the same. If you didn't like it in the first game, you won't like it in the second game. One criticism I've seen a lot about uh, the story mode in particular is there are a lot of gimmicks and mechanics that only exist in the story mode that never made it into multiplayer maps. And I think it would be really cool if more mechanics from the single player mode found itself uh, in the multiplayer mode. Just because, like, I I mean, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but there's... Even though there's a variety of maps on multiplayer, they all fundamentally play in a very similar way. And having more gimmicks borrowed from the single-player mode would actually give some distinctive features to the maps that, aside from like geometry. Yeah, exactly. And those uh, those different gameplays would make me suggest you to play it, even if you're somebody that likely will like more the online modes that we will just talk up uh, that we will talk in a sec about. Uh, it will make you explore the game and do some game mechanics a bit differently and enjoy some of the parts of the game even if you are playing alone with the switch so now let's move to the online modes and this is where the main part of the game is you the second you enter uh the second you start splatoon you are in the kind of downtown area of Inkopolis and you see a lot of other inklings around and you, what you realize quite quickly and i'm sure you've seen a lot of screenshot of it on the internet back to baby yes that that but what yanning is riffing it at is you can draw images and post them to other players not directly it's an indirect system so you can draw something because you have a drawing system and 
this feature will put your inkling on somebody else's game and when they are in the central area they can walk around go next to you even if you're not really there and they will see your drawing so there's a lot of good memes that came out of this and the one that will refer to you is regarding the uh, splash fest and their current the past uh, u.s election but i'll keep that for later so um when you're in that central area you realize quite quite easily that the main attraction in downtown Inkopolis is the online central hub, which is a big tower in the middle of it. And once you enter, you are in the online mode feature where you see three types with three modes. There's regular battle, rank battle, and league battle. And what you realize is rank and league are more or less of the same, and regular is what you uh, is the default one. And regular is also known as it only has one mode, and it's called turf wars. And turf wars is super fun, super easy, and it's less about uh, attacking each other. It's you need to convert the environment with your team's ink. So you have two teams. Let's say you have pink and green. So it's all fluo colors. It's super nice. And the gist of it is, yes, you need to attack each other, but at the end, the team with most area cover with their own ink wins the match. And you play that, and uh, regular ba battles will also help, will help you to level up. And I think uh, Splatoon has a typical uh, leveling system where you gain XP, and each level have an XP target value and then you have also uh, customization in your outfit to get more uh, advantages in certain circumstances like your main weapon won't use as much ink compared to if you don't have this uh, technique on you or stuff like that and all of this applies to all of the online modes but regular mode is only turf wars you that's what you do it's four player per team there's two teams you have three minutes and after three minutes, they use the surface and they make sure the, the, the bigger area, the bigger the surface your ink is on, it will make you win. After gaining level 10, you will gain access to rank battles. And rank battles is composed of three modes. Tower control, rainmaker, and splat zone. Uh, tower control is... A captured no let's start with rainmaker because rainmaker is a complete capture the flag system so there's something to capture in the middle and the gist of it is you need to bring it back to your uh, to the other team's spot and if you do that you win and the team that brings it the closer to the other team's spot will win more points compared to the other but if you move it during the time limit to the other team's spot you win by ko Tower control is a bit like this. So there's a tower in the middle, but the tower is on a rail. So if you have your inkling on it, you gain control of it, and it w makes it move to the other team's region. And I think, if I recall correctly, there's two checkpoints on that yep. rail on each side. And at the checkpoint, there's, I think, a 25 time limit where the tower won't move at that checkpoint. So you still I think need it's to... 20 seconds, yeah, but... Yeah, 2025, I don't remember because I, I didn't have that much time to play Tower Control. And I'll explain why I didn't have much time to play Tower Control in a bit. But yeah, so the tower stops at that uh, checkpoint. has to wait a couple of seconds. I think it's 2025. And then it will go on if you stay, if you, if your 
somebody from your team stays on it and obviously like with rainmaker the goal is to move it to the other team zone and if you do that before the time limit you win by ko and if you move it close enough there's a, a rating system where the closer you are the better the better points you'll and you get at the end oh you might win depending on which one is the closer if you're an overwatch player it's a little bit similar to payload maps uh except it's closer to team fortress 2 where team fortress 2 basically had this mode uh and payload is just linear linear and then you switch sides and then try it again in the other direction um but otherwise it's pretty much payload it's funny that you mentioned Team Fortress 2 because that mode, Tower Control, reminded me of a game I played online and I couldn't put my finger on it. And you're yeah, right, it's, it's, it's TF2. TF2. Oh my goodness, it's been a while since I've played TF2. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, and last but not least, in rank mode, we have Splat Zone, which is a typical king of the ill. So there's a region, mostly in the middle of the map, where you need to cover your ink and protect. And if you stay long enough in that zone, you will win and uh, you'll win by KO if you stay long enough. But if you get kicked out by the other teams, there's also a system of who stayed the longest in it and covered it with the most ink to protect it throughout the limited time that this game goes on. So like I mentioned, uh, rank battle is only accessible on until you are level 10. And third battle mode is league battle which is only available if for example in tower control you get up to minus p so what personally for me complexified things is that you do have two ranking system for online mode so you have your typical one for your character or for you as a whole which is the typical leveling system but rank battles also have a ranking mode that is for the exact mode you're playing. So right now, since I've started to play rank battle quite uh, recently, um, tower control and splat zone, I'm still at the minimal level, which is minus C. But at Rainmaker, since I was able to play it more, I'm at level C. And it's a rating you get compare with the number of wins you get and if you lose too much you'll get you'll then get thrown back to the previous level and then there's a like a, there's a range on that a grid where you need to stay before you get thrown out at the other so it's another level for you to gain more points or and get more uh specialized in specific uh game modes but the idea is that the regular level is just stuff you can get by grinding, whereas your rank is whether you're good or not, which is how they gate off the league mode because they only want good players to be in that mode. Yeah, because to be in league mode for each one of these rank battle mode, you need to have at least minus B. So for example, if I have minus B in tower control, I'll only be have access to league mode for tower control, but not for Rainmaker because I might still be minus C, for example. And uh, while I was explaining the online modes, I was also mentioning that I didn't have that much experience with some of the rank battle mode because the online mode rotates between six maps each two hours. And it's also the same for rank and league battle modes. So each two hours, um, Turf Wars will have a specific set of two maps that you will be playing at random. Rank mode every two hours will set two other new maps, plus will 
randomized between Tower Control, Rainmaker and Splat Zone. So for that two hour period, you will be playing Splat Zone in map B and C. And same with League Battle, another mode, another two maps. So you can always play the six maps all the time if you have access to the three battle mode online. So it becomes a bit hard if you like one map and you don't have access to it or if you like one type of battle mode and you, and it's not available to play right now, you need to time your uh, playing session with what's available at the time you're available to play. And that for me is a bit uh, conflicting sometimes when I just want to play Splatoon and I have time between like... 8 and 8.15 or 8 and 8.30 but at that time I don't have access to a map that I like which is named Morin Towers. I really like this map in Splatoon 2 and uh, at least and I'll come back with the app. I don't want to talk about the app now because I know Yannick <laughs> has a lot to say about the online app for Splatoon but at least there's a schedule you can have with you which will tell you which maps are available for which battle modes and which rank ba modes to and which tower control versus rainmaker versus platform is enabled whether for rank battle or league mode at a specific time the other day i saw someone is working on an ios widget that lets you see the schedule uh from your notification center so i will try to find that and put it in the show notes uh, if i remember or find it good all of what i've mentioned about the online modes is something that is common from splatoon 1 and splatoon 2 well, I think there's a difference. Uh, Splatoon 1's ranked system did not have separate ranks per mode. It was one unified rank. Oh. And now they split it into three. Yeah, you might be right for that. But I, I think it it is using the same scale from minus yeah. C to S plus, I think I've seen. Yeah. Yeah, it is the same scale, but might might be now that to uh, make it not to maybe identify core players for each of those modes, they want to have a rank per mode. Something that is also common, but also a rare occurrence, because it happened only for a year for Splatoon 1, is festival, or also known as Plat Splatfest. R rare occurrence, it's like every week. <laughs> yeah, but from what I've realized is, for Splatoon 1, it was from June 2015 to July 2016. It was the period of time that they supported the game, uh, which is something Ooh. I could actually go into detail later, but Nintendo has changed how they maintain their games. Before they pretty much used to behave like old game companies, they would put out the game and it would be complete in the box. And maybe they would release like a bug fix patch later, but that would be the extent of the thing. Or in the case of like launch titles or whatever for the Wii U, it was, here's the game, it's done. And then it was, here's the game with online features. And then they stopped it there. Uh, but throughout the Wii U, they sort of picked up this thing. I think they started with Mario Kart and went on from there. Uh, Actually, no, it was Smash first, and then the other ones followed. But basically, they said, we're maintaining this for a period of a year to two years, and we're releasing regular content updates for those games during that period. And for the period that Splatoon got updates, um, there was a Splatfest every week. Oh, okay. That's the part I didn't understand about Splatfest. Because I was researching it, and I, I remembered that it was something that happened semi-frequently but in most cases it didn't happen when i was at uh, time to play like the last game patch came out during the week of the last spat the splatfest so it was really like tied to the support schedule of the game and which makes sense because like there's actual content involved with 
the Splatfest. Like, there's little skits and whatever in-game uh, that follow as well. Yeah, and the gist of it is all of the modes stays the same, but online players are asked to answer a question from a survey. And the gist of the survey is X versus Y. So you're asked to say what's best between, let's take this, the, the first, the, the second festival for Splatoon 2. It was ketchup versus mayonnaise. So yeah, as a player, you had to choose a team, ketchup or mayonnaise. And every time you played those online modes, you were supposed to play ketchup versus <laughs> mayonnaise. And there was a lot of issues because people were saying, oh, we were playing like mayonnaise versus mayonnaise or mostly ketchup versus ketchup. Because when Nintendo released the scores, uh, we realized that ketchup won the popular vote. So I think it's like 70% of users vote in North America because this survey, this splat fest are per region. I think it's North America, Europe and Japan. Yep. And each of them happened kind of at the same time, but not at the same time. So there will be three results at the end of the whole Splatfest for a specific team. And sometimes they're not the same stuff. Like, a lot of the Japanese ones involve Japanese brands of stuff. Like, they'll actually license stuff from companies and ask, like, this brand name versus this this brand name, which is very strange. Uh, oh, so they would, they would have said, like, Ains Ketchup versus... Uh, I forgot the brand of the mayonnaise I like, but... Hellman's, but... Yes, yeah. Hellman's. Huh, interesting. But yeah, so in this case... What happened, which was super funny. So, by the way, Mayu won because it won because it tricked the system. (laughs) Which is always the case with Splatfest. (laughs) Like, every time something wins that it's not supposed to win, someone complains on the internet about how rigged the system is. And I'm like, dude, it's just Splatfest. (laughs) Yes, I know. And I have a Kotaku article that is exactly what Yannick just said. Uh, So, the gist of it is the Splatfest is determined by three points. So the first thing is popular vote, X versus Y. Who has the more vote? So at this time, Ketchup had more votes. After that, online modes can be played either solo or with teams. So you have specific friends from your online switch, uh, yeah, switch online feature, and you tell those friends we'll, we'll play at the same time. We'll have a, our own team of four and won't let it won't let the server choose the team of four, and they split the results for those two categories. So for the solo category, Mayonnaise won most of the games. For team effort, Mayonnaise also won the most of games. So in the end, it was two versus one. So Mayonnaise won the Splatfest. And that's why in most cases, people are super unhappy because what usually happens is people will vote for one thing, but all of the good... I would say all the good, but all of the powerful players uh, voted for the unpopular thing and they kick some asses during the game. So that's what happened. But in a way, uh, Splatfest are just a funny way to bring some different, but kind of the same experience to online modes and just be a bit more of different competitivity to those mods. And like Kenick mentioned, there's a lot of, like nice new content in in the game and Splatoon as itself and maybe I'm think uh, I'll be going into my opinion just for a sec Splatoon just looking at it even if we complain about the Switch 
resolution issues compared to the consoles. Splatoon as a game looks really nice and it's like really joyful and colorful. And those Splatfest brings a lot of that happiness and colorfulness of that game to the next level. And that's what I like about them. It's just like, yes, there's a lot of competitivity. A lot of people are complaining about it. But in the end, it's just a lot of cuteness in the game. And it's super nice. From a Twitter point of view, I think that Splatfests are awesome. Because every week, you get a bunch of new Splatoon fan art that is topically relevant to whatever the Splatfest is. Uh, So if you follow artists, you tend to see a lot of it. And it is really cool to see. Um, Another thing is, just purely from a logistical point of view... Uh, when you're running an online game, it is super crucial to the survival of your game to have recurring events that bring together the community to play the game. Uh, because if you look at what is going on in Nintendo's own mobile games right now, um, it's sort of the contrast to that, where they're, they the events are so lacking that there isn't really an incentive to come back to the game uh, unless it's Fire Emblem where you spend like $600 to get your stupid person in a bikini. But, uh... What? uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Don't be sorry. Unless you did that, then uh, you should be sorry. The other day I was watching a streamer on Twitch and she was playing... Like, normally she plays League of Legends or whatever, but then she was like, oh my god, my favorite Fire Emblem character is available in a swimsuit this week in Fire Emblem Heroes. And then she bought $300 worth of gacha pulls and she didn't get the character. And I was like, this is why (laughs) you don't do that. Wow, okay. It Uh, was like watching someone drink themselves to death on stream, except they were spending $300. However, since they're they're a popular league league streamer, they got $300 worth of donations in that time, so they cost them nothing. Um, Fair. It's more for the show. That's what I understand. Yeah, that's more for the show. Yeah. But okay, yeah, let's not diverge that. But yeah, going back to Splatoon anyway, uh, what I meant to say is... Splatoon team has really nailed it. Like, they found a way to bring people together. And if you look at, like, the core of what Splatfest is, like, Nintendo has been trying to force this idea of asking people polls for fucking 10 years now. Uh, when the Wii came out, there was the Everybody Votes channel, which was a oh, channel yeah. that nobody fucking opened ever. Where oh, you no, could it was vote funny on to things. open. Come on, it was funny to open and just well, ask, answer the questions. Yeah, but basically they took that and they said, what if we made a game out of that? And that's what Splatfest is. And... It's a lot more successful than Everybody Votes Channel because Everybody Votes Channel was like, hey, let's open this and laugh at this thing that nobody uses. Uh, And I think it really works out because during Splatoon 1, I can't speak for Splatoon 2 because there have only been like two Splatfests, but during Splatoon 1, I know people on, well, not on my friends list because I don't have a Wii U, but uh, in my Twitter friends who played Splatfest every week and who took, who basically did not have lives on weekends because they wanted to play the Splatfest all weekend. And if you can get that kind of engagement uh, with your mobile, uh, not your mobile game, your online game, you're doing something right to a certain extent. Like, it, it's not like other esports. Like, it, I can compare uh, Splatoon a lot to Overwatch because there are a lot of similarities in certain ways. But Overwatch has one event maybe every three months. And that is how they get people to come back and spend money in the game to a certain extent. And there are competitive seasons, which are like also every three months, but don't necessarily line up with the other things. So let's say every month and a half, there's a reason to go boot into Overwatch if you're like a casual player. If you're a casual player of Splatoon, there's still something fresh every week during the maintenance period of the game to go check out. And yeah, it's not necessarily new maps or new content, though they are doing that as well, which is great. Um, but it's also just like dumb jokes about Mayo versus Ketchup, which like... 
it is crazy, but that works with millennials because we all shit tweet on Twitter all day. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of true. Like all of the images I was talking in the downtown area when you launched the game at the beginning of the show, I think since Monday, all of the joke is Mayo stole the election, <laughs> which is kind of, oh my goodness. There's one, I have a screenshot on the switch, on Tony's switch. I, I need to find a way to post it. Uh, but... Log into Twitter and post it. Yeah, I think I should do just do that. I'll do that tonight and put the link in the show notes. But the gist of it is, I think it's kind of inkling Trump, inkling Trump, and inkling Clinton, and oh, they no. do, and they do the the, the 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 three categories, and they're like, oh my god, they they stole the election. It was so sad and funny <laughs> at the same time. Oh but, my god! Yeah, just yeah. put up a map of Inkopolis with all of the Republican districts colored. Oh my goodness! Okay, let's stop that reference there. But still. So yeah, festivals, big thumbs up. And right now, uh, Yannick mentioned there was two, but officially I think they considered the first one kind of, it, it is a splat fest, but it was during the uh, demo Media slash- Media review period. Yeah, slash world tour of the Switch where people there was a couple of events. The one you attended was during that time too. Uh, so I considered the Ketchup versus Mayo, the first one for Splatoon 2. I- Actually, there was a downloadable... I'm pretty sure there was a downloadable version of Splatoon you could play that weekend to participate in the Splatfest. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Then I stand corrected. Okay. Uh, last but not least, in the online modes, and it it's a new mode for Splatoon 2, and it's called Sandman Run. And it's a mode only available at night, from what I can see. I think it's... Like, I've realized it's start to be available here in North America, at least on the through one through time zone aka eastern time it starts to be available around 8 p.m i saw people arguing on the forums about what the actual frequency is because i think like it's every couple hours for a while or something but i nobody seems to agree on what the the thing actually is uh the reason it's limited though i should point this out is that there are power-ups you can get in this uh mode that would break the game if it was available any other time like they want to limit it so that people don't have like three times exp uh yeah and speaking the entire of, time speaking of the power-ups uh something i haven't researched yet because didn't at the time and it's not related to the episode but now i'm bringing it up it's those power-ups that you can buy from a food truck it's super funny those nick was mentioning that you at some point if you play the single player mode and also if you play online modes you get tickets where you can buy power-ups and those power-ups have a limited amount that you can use. And for one of it's per game. So if you spend your 20, like, let's triple the XP, then you can't have any anymore. And that's the part I don't understand why. Like, I understand I, why. I don't th- think that's right. But there's a remaining 20. I don't know what it, what it is its purpose, but I can tell you that when you go see the power-ups, there's a remaining count on each of them. Huh. Okay. And I need, I was not aware of this. Yeah, maybe I should research on that, but I didn't think I would bring that up for the episode. So, oh well. But uh, to go back to Salmon Run, yes, Yannick is right. The more you play that game, the more points you get. So the more bonuses, because Salmon Run in a way is you work for a company in Incopolis where you need to get to uh, beat creature called Salmonoid, which is kind of Salmon Robots. 
and to get their golden eggs and your boss wants a uh, golden eggs and it feels to me it's kind of a survival mode right because you have three stages i mean people usually call this a horde mode or like firefight in halo or prison developers in destiny like it's it's an established kind of mode that a lot of games have mm-hmm. and the fact that it was kind of survival ish not really a survival mode like ticked something with me i really like this mode and i've been playing it for the last two nights around eight even if it's not really at night but it seems to me that it fits at nine uh, at 8 p.m around here and i really enjoy that mode and yesterday i was able to get my daily bonus which is one of those tickets to get the power ups uh but yeah so the way it works is the more games you play you gain still this has also another ranking where the ranking is a bit like this minus c to s plus uh ranking system from rank battle and league battle but it is a way to say that oh you're a junior at this position or now you're a senior employee at this position and the more you rank up the more you uh do job the better the paycheck gets and that paycheck is point towards those bonuses that you get uh for the period that Samuel Run is enabled, and every day there's a uh, there's a, a power up ticket you can get, or a special bonus that you can get, and you can also get items. There's a daily item that is available in that mode too. And this mode is also is not like the others. It's a team of four. You play in a team. It's really uh, it forces you to do teamwork. And I think that's what I liked. It's like it forces online people to do teamwork in an online game. So maybe it's just my side of uh, I hate online games because people fight on online games. But I'll come back on that because I have opinions about <laughs> Yeah, until everyone else in your team leaves. And then if you die, you have to start it all over again. <laughs> Which, to be honest, it did not happen that much. I think I've seen maybe a player leave. But in general, I think because of the uh, because of the schedule, this mode is enabled. People tend to stick more, unless Maybe. you, unless you're uh, unless they are super mean or you're really bad. But I think it kind of correlates. If you're really bad and they leave, it's because they're super mean. But okay, personal opinion. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Splatoon. Salmon Run is uh, super simple and like Nick mentioned, it's a typical mode from a shooter game and an online shooter game and obviously the way it is adapted for Splatoon is super cute and super funny and I think it is my favorite mode and it is the, right now I think it is mainly the main it is the main difference between Splatoon 1 and Splatoon 2 there are not that much differences which is totally fine because in my opinion it is a good idea that Nintendo release a Switch-compatible Splatoon version as soon as they could, especially knowing that Switch is so popular. That game would gain so more traction and even keep uh, keep being on Nintendo's support list for longer than a year if a lot of players were to play it on a platform that is successful. So I do like that Splatoon 2 is already released on the Switch. The downside of that is it feels to me more like of a Splatoon 1 Deluxe than a Splatoon 2. And hopefully we will have really well, a second I- version with different experience, maybe new modes, stuff like that. Maybe that's what is coming with the new the patches, but the new content that will come out throughout the next year that they've entered at. But 
that's my main downside with Splatoon 2. It, it feels more like a like Mario 8 Deluxe, which I do love, but it's a deluxe version, not really a, a sequel to the game. I understand where you're coming from with all of these things. Like, I, I think it was easy to look at the footage that they released early on, uh, especially, like, in the trailer that they released back in October, uh, where they showed people playing Splatoon. Like, it looked like a Splatoon 1 Deluxe then. I think it is very hard to judge if the game is actually different, given, and I don't mean this in an insulting way, but given the limited experience you have playing both games... Because I think there, if you look at the super moves in particular, there has been a lot of balance changes in that that changes the game significantly at higher levels of play. Uh, like previously, there were very broken supers that you could pretty much always take, and those were the good strategies to have in game. Whereas now, they changed the supers in such a way that there are supers that are good in certain modes and others that are good in other modes, and now it becomes more of a strategic decision to actually choose which supers are good, and some supers are able to cancel other supers and stuff like that. So I think, like, for a casual player, like, yeah, okay, there are new maps, cool, and they'll never necessarily notice the difference in the supers and all that stuff. Uh, but to higher-level players, like, there are significant gameplay changes in Splatoon 2 that make it a very different thing. Oh, and uh, I understand that point. And you know what? Part of why Splatoon 2 is quite similar to Splatoon 1 and maybe the game mechanics for players that played Splatoon 1 like hardcore will make Splatoon 2 a different experience might tells me that I will play Splatoon 2 way more. Because yes, I've played maybe 10 hours right now. No, I'm at 15 right now. Around 15 of Splatoon 2. But it just got released. With Splatoon 1, I played 15 hours. But after playing 15 hours throughout the time we own Tony and I, a Wii U, I kind of realized that everybody stopped playing it after a couple of months. Like, it was nice to play it right now when it launched and the first year. And even throughout that first year, at the end of it, maybe because people, unlike me, knew that the support was dropping. But it felt quite quickly that... Splatoon 1, people played it to when it was hot and fresh and then stopped playing it because nobody got a fucking Wii U. But yeah, I'm a bit on the... I don't want to be on the conclusion in my own opinion about it, but I kind of went to it. But there's one topic. One topic that I'm sure we'll talk a lot. And it's the online app. Oh my god. Where and do we start? <laughs> yeah, and I'm sorry that I went a bit on conclusion E first. Uh, but I, I think it... Uh... Well, the, the good thing about this is that none of it is really Splatoon specific. It's all pretty much Switch general stuff. So okay. it doesn't really matter if you go with the conclusion first. No, okay. You know, before doing... No, no I don't want to conclusion first. And before we go about Nintendo Switch Online itself, I want to talk about Splatnet. Oh yeah, you like web views? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's start. So, Nintendo Switch Online is the online kind of uh, the online platform for the Nintendo Switch like what which is... they somehow are going to fucking charge for starting next year, which okay. I don't wait, understand. Wait, 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 okay, wait, I'm wait, sorry. Wait, sorry, wait. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Calm down. I have reserved time for you for that. Okay. I have time reserved I, for I'm that. I'm shutting up now. I'm going to go look yes. at Twitter. <laughs> Give me 2 minutes and then come back and then you'll be okay. But Nintendo Switch Online is the kind of online platform for the Switch compared to Xbox Live or PSN. It's the same thing, and they plan to... Right now, they launch it... except that. (laughs) Come on, what's wrong now? (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I said I was memeing today. Okay, good. 
secret. Go back on Twitter for yes. a minute again. And Nintendo announced it at the same time as the uh, launch date for Splatoon 2, saying that Splatoon 2 will be the first game enjoying that new platform. But they did a soft launch slash kind of beta launch of it at the same time as Splatoon. So the gist of it is you'll have online functionality like those for platform. Also, there's uh, I think the two the two main things they have is there's eShop deals plus the ability to download retro console games but that's all coming in 2018 when you will be forced to pay for their service because right now it is a free service but when it gets launched in 2018 we don't know when in the year it will become a subscription service like any other online services from its competitors and something i didn't know and something that nintendo was pretty clear about that you didn't realize is that right now switch online is only available in north america that that can't be true uh because right now if you go on nintendo.com slash switch slash online dash service which i'll put in the show notes it does say that it's only available right now in u.s canada and mexico is it because it's the north american nintendo site yeah it's confusing it's confusing and i'm reading nintendo what did you expect Uh, yes that's what i expected (laughs) Fair. But I've read also reports like when it was announced in January 1st that it will launch this year, but during the beginning of summer they said, no, no, it won't launch in fall 2017, it will launch in 2018. We don't know when. But they also kind of hinted that it's North America only, but I don't know it's because if they talk to North American press, it's strange. It's Nintendo. But we'll come back on that. So part of Nintendo Switch Online, there's an iOS and Android app you can download and the gist of it is it yes Yannick like Yannick mentioned it's a web app where the web app has internal apps and the first internal app to use the online network is Platoon and it's called Splatnet. Before we go on about all of the bitching because I know Yannick has a lot I like the content in Splatnet. But oh yeah, yeah yeah that that part is fine I just disagree with the presentation of it. Oh okay then let me go through the content and then we'll talk about the rest. Sure. Because Splatnet, the, the main functionality of Splatnet is, remember what I was saying? It's hard to plan when you want to play a specific map or a specific mode online. Splatnet is there for you. It will tell you the next 24 hours, the schedule for the next 24 hours for each online modes and each map that will be available. I don't. It doesn't seem to me that it shows about Salmon Run, but that's another topic. I'm sure we'll talk about the presentation that sucks. But yeah, uh, also all of your online, all of your online playing stats are, uh, excuse me, are available in that application. So your kill ratio, your win ratio, uh, if you're good at one mode or the other, or you, I, th- I think you, uh, they also give you access to the last fifty battles you've been through, uh, your ratio of wins in per map and stuff like that. There's a lot of stats part of Splatnet. Uh, of course, there's voice chat. Ha! Ha! <laughs> and last but not least, before we come back on voice chat, last but not least, there's also like special items that you can order from Splatnet and then go back in the game and buy from one of the shops or I think it's one of the... F- I was about to say fishy guy on the like inkling joke. Okay, never mind, but still. There's Isn't one it of... Sheldon, I think its name is, or something like that? No, that Sheldon, I think, is the arms guy, the, the guns guy, but uh, there's uh, one of the person lying around 
uh, the downtown area where you can just go tell him, oh, I have a Splatnet order. I want to pay for it. And then he will give you that. And that person also can remove abilities from items and then it can... That character in the game has purpose to rank up your stats and also get those order that you... Those item order that you did through Splatnet because those items in Splatnet rotates every couple of hours. So there's uh, rarer items that will appear compared to the one in the stores that are in Incopolis. So now let's talk about the fun that is Nintendo Switch Online because Jesus we have a lot to Christ. say. Okay, so I, I want to introduce people to the context about like me bitching about Nintendo Online services because this goes back <laughs> whoa, like whoa, 10 whoa. years. <laughs> you bitching about everything goes back to 26 years. I know that, yes, that too. But I, I mean, specifically Nintendo Online services, like I was highly critical of the Nintendo DS when that came out because it seemed like people had disproportionate uh, expectations of what DS online play would be. And in many ways, what the PSP was planning to offer was going to be so much superior to what the DS was. In practice, the PSP did deliver a superior feature set, except it wasn't as reliable as Nintendo's thing. And reliability and better games ended up winning uh, in that case. And Nintendo has always been sort of tone deaf to what gamers actually want out of gaming services and this is why i'm sort of baffled that reggie uh nintendo america is uh is he president i think he's president whatever he's the guy who gives the keynotes uh <laughs> i think he's president yeah i think so uh he comes out on stage and he says we have a sweet solution and like first of all don't use those words uh it was ruined by steve jobs and uh it's so bad. It's so bad. How are they going to pay for this? It's so bad. Okay, so l let me start. And uh, by the way, you were right. He is current president and chief operating officer of Nintendo of America. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to say something, so say it before I start vomiting all over the place. Uh, no, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. That's the only thing I want to say about uh, Reggie. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so basically... The... <laughs> Oh my goodness! You did. Oh, I did catch the vomiting joke now. Okay, oh, uh, that yeah. wasn't a joke. I know, okay. I know, but still, but never uh, mind. I don't get it. But whatever. Uh, yeah, Nintendo Switch Online. Basically, they're promising that you can now do online play, and the idea is sort of good. The implementation is such bullshit. Uh, so there's this thing called Online Lounge, and Online Lounge is apparently going to be a feature that will be found in multiple Nintendo Switch games. However, right now it's only in Splatoon two. And basically, it is the way to say, I want to create a party with my friends that will follow me into other games that I'm playing. Uh, and the way this manifests itself in Splatoon 2 is you go into an online lounge, and then it asks, uh, do you want to invite friends to this lobby? And then you can say yes, and you can choose between social network friends, uh, Nintendo Switch friends, and people you have recently played with, which is strange, but okay. It's, it's cool that it's there, I guess. Um, so you can invite those people into it, and then it asks you, do you want to send a notification to the Nintendo Switch online app to open this, uh, this online lounge on your phone? So then you say yes. And then what happens is you get the notification on your phone, and you have a little drawer at the bottom of the Nintendo Switch online app that you can pop up, and congratulations, you've joined the voice chat. So that part is cool. Like, it's an easy sort of setup to get that far. The problem is when other people have to get involved and everything goes to shit. 
Uh, so the other people, they get your invite, they get it on their Switch, they have to actually think to get on their phone if they want to be in the voice chat. Um, and I'm going to assume that because this experience is terrible, most people will not be doing that. Um, but sure, okay, so your friend goes there, they go into the chat, um, then you're all together in a group. But you basically had to coordinate that, okay, we had to agree that we were going to go into this online lounge together and open a phone app, but how are you going to coordinate that without communicating with your friends on another service first? So then you might as well just use that service if it has VoIP to do the voice chat instead of relying on the stupid phone app. And the other thing is the logistical challenge of actually listening to game audio, which can be can contain cues as to who is around you and all that stuff, plus listening to the voice chat. How are you going to do that? Well, one way you can do it is you can leave your phone on speakerphone and leave the switch on speakers and assuming there is no one else around you to bother you, uh, you can play like this. The problem is, of course, you're going to have the game audio go into the voice chat because you're on speaker, which is not good. So there's this other thing, which is Nintendo sells a splitter, uh, which is squid-shaped, which is really cute, but it's still a splitter. Yeah, uh, the, the splitter is super cute. It's part of the uh, line of accessories that is, like, Splatoon-themed. Yeah, officially licensed Splatoon gear. Um, and... One side, you plug in uh, the switch via an audio cable. The other side, you plug in your phone via an audio cable. There is a little mix dial where you can choose the mix of audio between the two. And then you plug your headphones into the other end. Now, all of this is sort of fine because, like, I have uh, an Astro uh, headset on my PS4 that basically does this, except it's a physical box with an amp and a Dolby transcoder and stuff in it. But, like, this is an accepted part of gaming workflows right the problem is that should not be the only way you can actually play a game sensibly with voice chat there you can also just plug in a dumb headset that costs like five dollars into your ps4 controller and that works fine as well um this is not really possible on the switch because the switch itself doesn't do voice chat on device which is bonkers because the nintendo ds did that 10 years ago i was playing pokemon pearl on my ds 10 years ago and I was voice chatting with people. And yes, the quality was absolutely terrible because the Nintendo DS mic is an abomination of a mic, but it did it on device. Whereas the Switch, they were like, no, we're going to offload that to the phone because fuck you. Um, and it's a real shitty experience. And it doesn't really give anyone any confidence into the idea that Nintendo is in tune with what gamers want out of their systems. And it's even more insane because, uh, like I said, you can do all of this on your phone, but the app is so terrible that if you touch a notification because you got a text message and you want to reply to it, your call ends because it doesn't support multitasking, uh, audio multitasking. So if you go to the home screen or if you turn off the screen of your phone because you don't want your battery to be drained by the stupid screen that's on the whole time, uh, sorry, your call ends. And it's so crazy. Like There are so many other VoIP apps that do this better that you should just use that instead. And I don't understand why anyone would use... Uh, the Nintendo thing. And furthermore, of course, because Nintendo loves the children and they want to protect the children, <laughs> you cannot join voice chat with other strangers, which, of course, I, I sort of understand the logic of that because strangers on online games are terrible people. I once played League of Legends against bots and my teammates were yelling at me for being shit at the game when I, we were playing against beginner bots. This is the place to learn how to play the game. And my teammates were like, you're shit at this game. Go kill yourself. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm learning how to play the game. Is everyone here like ranked master? And I'm just like the stupid dope who's like unranked level three. Uh, 
So yeah, strangers on the internet are dicks uh, if you give them voice chat. And I understand Nintendo not wanting to do it, but you should also sort of have the option to do it in certain cases because sometimes it is fun to play with people who are not necessarily on your friends list. Uh, like sometimes on Destiny when we have, uh, we're, we're missing like one or two people, we will invite friends of friends and you can't really do that with Splatoon 2 because that's not how it works. Uh, so... And, and, like, I mean, it's going to sound very stupid because, like, I just said people are terrible. But sometimes you actually do meet cool people in online games and you want to hang out with them. And it's sort of hard to do that on Nintendo systems, which I, I understand the protect the children angle of that. And I understand, like, people are terrible 90% of the time, so you don't necessarily want to sacrifice things for the 10% of the time. But, like... When you're trying to make your console appeal to hardcore gamers, which, let's be honest, the only people who are buying consoles now are hardcore gamers, because casual gamers play phone games, uh, there is no real excuse to treat everyone like a baby. Yeah, and something that was discussed quite a lot in Splatoon 1 was the fact that the Wii U didn't have that online system. It didn't. It didn't have voice chat either. Like, there was yeah. no voice chat in Splatoon 1. And, and it said, was a feature. It was a feature. Splatoon 1 didn't have voice chat. And everybody was like, you know what? Finally, we can enjoy a game online. And I was one of those person. Yeah. Those people saying, like, finally, I can... Yes, people can be a dick while playing the game. But you just and quit. you know why and that works, right? The reason that entire thing works is that all of the game modes in Splatoon and Splatoon 2 are objective-based modes. There is a clear objective, and you do not need to talk to your opponents to understand what the objective is. It is clear what you need to do. Just do the fucking thing, and you will win. Uh, yeah, and the characters, you can, like, you can, your character can say, like, this way, and booyah. I think that's the two things they can say. Like, you can make your character, like, communicate in-game. Just say, like, we need to go in that direction. It's important for Salmon Run, for example, where the Salmonoids are in a specific corner of the map. You just want to indicate to your players, they are in that direction, so let's come see me or come help me. And yep. there's that in the game. And Basic... this is stuff that has been in like games for like 10 years or whatever. Like It's yeah. it's not innovative, really. But... I'm not saying it's innovative. I'm just saying yeah, it's yeah. more than enough. Yeah, sure. And like you can also make the case, like if you look at professional Splatoon teams like yes they gain a lot from communication because they're professional Splatoon teams but for like the average player there is not a significant advantage to having voice chat in most modes especially if you're playing solo because when everyone is playing solo together they basically are acting like the most selfish pieces of shit you can be online because that is how everyone plays when they're playing solo online. Like I, I probably unconsciously do it as well because your instinct is to distrust everyone else in your team and think that they are shit. Uh, and that is just how gamers online <laughs> operate. Uh, whereas if you can't communicate and tell people you think they're shit, uh, you basically don't have a choice but to focus on the objective. And I think that works in many kinds of games. Uh, I'm sure uh, some people who listen to the show who play Overwatch are going to say, yeah, but Overwatch is an objective-based game and you can't do that and voice chat is very useful. And Yannick, why don't you join voice chat in Overwatch? And the answer is, I have joined voice chat once in Overwatch with strangers and I will never do it again. Yeah, I I have a funny experience about uh, online modes that I forgot to talk to you with you online offline but uh just of it is i was not able to use the app i only use the app for splatnet was not able to use the online feature because i have no friends on the switch Rip. so it's kind of yes <laughs> is this another dig at me to buy one it was not but now it is oh okay just because you mention it i'm you waiting should... your check 
Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Maybe this whole episode about Splatoon 2 is one. That is one for sure, by Please the way. Please transfer your Bitcoin to blah, 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 blah. Uh, so you want I, me so to I, get a Switch. Yeah, okay. Maybe our listener will do that. I don't have any Bitcoins for you, so sad. I don't have any Bitcoins. End of sentence. But Rip. okay. So what I was about to say is regarding the fact that you need to add your friends, so friends from your Switch online friends list using the magical friend codes. I don't but know. How. That's not a huge deal. Like I know, but whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. But I don't know how, but I got an invite from somebody. Never shared my fucking friend code. Do you want and... me to tell you? Yes. <laughs> okay. So the first thing that happens is if you have ever played a Nintendo mobile game, you can now add people you are friends with on the Nintendo mobile game. Uh, Yes, but it's not somebody from my mobile friends. Like, I really received... A... There is also social media friends when you invite people. So I believe... Well, you, you said you weren't signed into Twitter or something. No, I'm not. Your... Th- that's, that's the weirdest part is I never huh. shared my Switch friend code. Uh, yes, if I go the, in, the, in the section where I could invite people, it shows me, uh, like, Super Mario Run friends. Yeah. But that person that sent me an invite... From I looked at their profile and no, we don't didn't play with uh, Super Mario Run, and also it seems that we played Splatoon together because that person has been playing Splatoon for the last like few days too. So from what I understand, maybe he saw me in the like in the downtown area, but I don't know why I never posted an image. Well, like I said, you can also invite people who have recently played with uh, that in could the be online why. lounge. So maybe that is also surfaced somewhere else. Because but it again, really... like Nintendo online services are a mystery. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like totally strange to me because you did mention that, and that's what I remembered is you can only voice chat with friends, and yes. to have friends, you need to extend that stupid code. I know it's not that bad. I know, I know, it's safe for the kids, like you said. But I didn't know that person. That person sent me an invite. I was like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" And I should also point out, like, people bitch about friend codes all the time, but. The reason Nintendo does not see this as an issue that needs fixing, like this is designed as inte- uh, working as intended, close the bug, uh, is that Japanese mobile games use basically friend codes. And oh, really? They, let, they let you set your name to whatever you want, and you have a weird number that represents you, and that is what you exchange with other people to add yourselves on the games. And... Until Japanese mobile games stop being 95% of the gaming industry, I don't think <laughs> Nintendo will actually give a shit because they think, well, this is how all the games work because they don't pay attention to what Sony is doing, what Xbox is doing, because like those are crazy. Well, uh, technically Sony is a Japanese system, but so much of the stuff, the intentions in Sony's stuff are influenced by Western gamers because uh, Japanese people primarily by handheld systems that's why they're going crazy about the switch right now and why they have lines of five thousand people trying to buy a switch to play splatoon 2 uh it's like if you spend most of your time on a train and basically no time at home it makes sense that the market is going to gravitate towards handhelds and therefore sony sort of got the right clue to actually base their designs of their online services on the people who actually buy their home console instead of the people who don't in japan where ps4 basically has an embarrassing lilo uh install base and psvr sort of boosted those numbers a bit but not significantly Uh, at least it's not the xbox one rip xbox one good was that it on your rent about the online app because i think you 
I think I, I nailed pretty much the big points. Um, I really don't understand how they are going to try to charge for this. Uh, the silver lining, if there is one, is I have money down on a bet saying that uh, you will be able to exchange my Nintendo points to pay for the online service. So in practice, if you just pay play a lot of Nintendo mobile games, you could be able to just redeem your points to get that, which would be good because I certainly would not want to pay for that. So uh, do you have my Nintendo points on that bet or real money on that bet? Uh, well, I would be willing to pay real money. I do not have anyone to bet with on that. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I won't bet on that though. I won't bet on that. But no, that, that's a good point. That's a good point. It would because make sense. right now, my Nintendo points, you have jack shit to spend those points on. Like, yeah, there I, is I, absolutely nothing good to spend those points on. And I'm on the Japanese store, which traditionally has, like, more stuff. And, like, there was one DS game. There was uh, WarioWare Touched, which I bought, like, the first month that my Nintendo points were a thing. And then ever since, it was like, buy these shitty Zelda wallpapers for your phone. And I'm like, well, first of all, I might buy them if I like Zelda. Second of all, maybe you should not send them from the Nintendo official line account if you want people to spend their points on them. <laughs> yeah. Geniuses. And it's funny because I, I guess if you download the game digitally, you get those my Nintendo points. But You since, get them physically as well. Yeah, you do, but only for the one account that you decide to redeem it. So ah, that's true. For me, it was only for Splatoon because I only bought Splatoon for myself. Like, But most of it, they, they were redeemed for Tony, so you also get them. But I was like, I get them. What should I do with them? I don't know. Hopefully, maybe if it, uh, I'll be totally honest with you. If I do enough points per year to just pay for that offline uh, online service for it to be free, sure. Why not? Or you could just go spend them all to go get a super buff guy in a bikini and a uh, fire emblem. That too. that's the other thing you can do with those points. That too. Not that I will do that, but thanks for offering. That's good. And you know what? Maybe. I, I totally honest, I don't have that much to add regarding Splatoon. I really enjoy it. I will continue to play at it. I'm sure I'll press stop recording, say bye-bye to Yannick, and go back to play Splatoon. I'm super happy it's on the Switch. And I think that's the main thing I have to say about Splatoon 2 is I'm happy that it's so uh, on the Switch so early because we could enjoy this game. Yes, it's not a real sequel to it. That's fair. It's so early already. <laughs> People are gonna get so angry about that. That no, but that's okay. I, 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 that's the only kind of downside I see on the game is, but for me, it being a one deluxe is totally fine. And I know they, they, they like they did, uh, up, they did update the game. I think a week ago to. Uh, change some of those like uh, those uh, super actions that you could do uh, and change the number of points you accumulate to get them when you play the game and that's totally fine I'm sure it's it's way good it's way better but at some point we'll need a new Splatoon and I'm not saying the time was it for now I'm just saying that it might not be worthy of a 2 that's just at, what I'm saying. At the same time, I also want to point out that this is Nintendo, which is a very formulaic company. Like, they have done basically the... Ex uh, Tony might get angry at me for saying this, but they took <laughs> Ocarina of Time and they said, like, oh, wow, people love Ocarina of Time. Let's remake that game seven times. And it people have sort of gotten tired of let's remake Ocarina of Time in different setting, like three different times or whatever on different systems. And I think, like, 
they're very formulaic because they see what works and they're like, how can we refine this instead of how can we make a big game changer? And Splatoon 2 is basically like, like, I don't want to say a one deluxe because it's not really that. It's more like the difference between the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 7. Okay, fair, fair. Then it would... I think for most people, like, you look at the surface level and it looks basically exactly the same. But if you go underneath, that is where the significant changes are and it's going to take a more experienced and more a deeper look at the game to actually unravel what is actually different about it. And I only say this because I have spent literally fucking like three hours listening to podcasts of people arguing if this is a one deluxe or a two and I'm tired of hearing about it. Oh, that I didn't know. Seriously, like that was really my personal opinion about the game. I love playing it. I will continue playing it. But after 15 hours of playing it since its launch, I know it's not that much, but for me, it is a lot. That uh, was my general thing. So if a lot of people are arguing about that, I think there's some kind of like background feeling that is there. Uh, but you're right by saying we are at the beginning of its support life with, in, with the current uh, Switch console. So we might see more stuff that might make, that will, I'm sure, will make me change my mind. Maybe better, different maps, better maps. Like they could, with new, those new maps, bring. Uh, some like game mechanics from the single player mode to the online mode by launching new apps and that would be just doing that would to me make it more of a Splatoon 2 if there's a lot of nice mechanics in the single player mode that you don't have access to it and now if you do have access to it that would be nice if the update schedule is as aggressive as it was for Splatoon 1 Splatoon 2 a year from now will be a completely different game and that's what I hope it will be probably will last thing I do hope that after this fucking episode about Splatoon 2, you will buy a Switch. Please. I will not. Then all of my next episodes will be about the Switch. God damn it. <laughs> but that's it for Splatoon I already 2. said we've done too many gaming episodes this year. Which I, I think we did not, but that's okay. Uh, if I feel fine with gaming episodes, that's fine for me. And you know what? I would just like to say some of our listeners are already buying Switch and we're asking suggestions <laughs> yes, for know. games. I know. So some of our listeners are better than you because they bought a better, Switch. They're weaker than me because they no, have weaker no, willpower. No, 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 no. I'm no, not the one who impulse bought a Switch. I only impulse put a Switch in my cart in the middle of the, of the night and then said, yeah, I need to go spend $1,000 at the dentist. Maybe I'm not going to buy a Switch right now. Excuses, excuses. It's better. We have, you know what? I'll say, so Yannick say you're weak. I'll say you are our best listeners. That's what I have to say. <laughs> wow. And that's it. I'm going to get kicked off the show and he's going to come and take over my place <laughs> if this continues. Okay, so uh, that was it for a fantastic episode 70 of Limitless Possibility. If you'd like to find the show notes for this episode, you can go to limitlesspossibility.net slash 70, or you can find all of our episodes at limitlesspossibility.net. The show is on Twitter at limipo underscore podcast. That's L-I-M-I-P-O underscore podcast. You can find me memeing on Twitter at Sakurina. That's S-A-K-U-R-I-N-A. And you can find Ducarivier at Lucanoche, L-U-C-C-O-N-O-U-C-H-E. And hopefully I'll start reminding Yannick that he should buy a Switch. God damn it. We'll see you in two weeks when I won't have a Switch. See you in two weeks. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs>